Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends and family? It's your Wednesday podcast, Clark and Bobby, coming to you today with Cruz, and we're looking at Acts chapter 10. Specifically, Peter at Cornelius' house and this merger between the Jews and the Gentiles, which is actually a monumental event. Yeah, huge, humongous, biggest thing. Gigantic. Craziest. <laughs> I'm Literally. Running, I'm running out of adjectives. Well, since since the miracle of Jesus' resurrection and now the forming of the early church, this is probably, I, I think, maybe, okay, Pentecost. But then when you think about just like your humanity and just a really big deal, um, I think this is probably the next biggest yeah. thing, like the merging of Jews and Gentiles under the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, is It's just nuts when you think about it. And so we're kind of going to talk about the importance of that and what stuck out to us in the chapter. But maybe you want to start there. Just like why? Why is this such a big deal? Because what's kind of happening here, you guys, is Holy Spirit um, calls Cornelius, Peter has a vision, and then Peter ends up at Cornelius, Cornelius's house. And they kind of, Peter's like, why am, like, why am I here? What's going on? And uh, anyway, they come to this new understanding that um, the, the cross of Jesus Christ is not just for the Jews, uh, but it's actually for Gentiles as well, um, and really for anybody who professes the name of Jesus. And so with the Jewish background, there was rules given on top of like the Ten Commandments and the hundred of other rules created to follow said commandments. Like you couldn't eat certain foods, you couldn't eat on right. certain days. And so that's why Peter's vision here was so wild for him because God's inviting him to do something that has been forbidden mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. entire life. And then what happens here is as Peter is at Cornelius' house, what he comes to see is there are tons of people from the Gentile background that are interested Mm -hmm. in repenting and believing in Jesus Christ. And so one of the things that happens here is, again, there's this merger, and it's those people. You know, we've all got those people in our heart. Like, there's no way they're coming to Christ or Christ is coming to them. Mm -hmm. You see what they did? You see what they believe? You see what they stand for? Like, we've Mm -hmm. all got those people. In our life, well, the, the Jewish, the Gentiles were those people for the Jews, and so mm-hmm. it was hard to get their head and hearts around that God came for them too. Right. And what gives you hope here when you unpack this part of this chapter when it says Peter is at Cornelius's house, is Peter then gives them a rundown of kind of what's happened and who Peter is and his time with Jesus and what Jesus Christ did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In verses 37 and 38, he mm-hmm. says specifically, you know, you know what happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Because mm-hmm. from there it just elevated to Jesus and his baptism, what he was speaking about. Right. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil mm-hmm. because God was with him. Mm-hmm. And we are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And then they killed him by hanging him on a cross. Mm-hmm. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. So what he says in the next couple of verses is basically Jesus then commanded us to continue his mission. Mm-hmm. To preach, 
to make disciples, to baptize. And in verse 43, it's important, he notes that all the prophets testify about him, Mm -hmm. that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Right, through forgiveness of sins through his name. Because you remember, if you read back at the beginning of the chapter, Cornelius and his family, they knew God. Verse 2 said he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously and he prayed to God. But one of the things that we realize, though, is that just knowing God, like, or knowing about God, maybe that's not enough. And that's why Peter's saying um, in verse 36, you know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace, but it's through it's through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So there, you have to um, accept and believe, that's what we say, like, that what Jesus did on the cross is what happened, um, that he was raised from the dead. And so almost coming to fill in the blank, I guess, for Cornelius and his family, like, yes, this is true about Yahweh, and this is true about who God is. And then now let me tell you the rest of the story and how actually this is a fulfillment, which is what he's talking about in the rest of those verses. The fulfillment of the prophecies, um, and now we actually get to talk about it to other people and invite them into it. And and everybody, like Clark's saying, not, you know, God doesn't have favorites. It's everybody. That's what verse 35 mm-hmm. says. <clears throat> and so then as they continue, um, and Peter's talking, they talk about... Um, circumcision and then but then they get to the spot where uh where baptism comes up and that's kind of what we wanted to talk about too just to so there was no confusion about kind of what was going on did we want to talk about that or no yeah for sure i had another thought in oh, my head I'm and sorry. now it is going away and i am annoyed no, no come back thought what was i gonna say favoritism fulfillment of prophecies oh no what comes to my mind is actually a, a line you say often bobby oh good that um like when the gospel is preached, it's a come as you are. Everyone come as you are. You yeah. are welcome. Like those guys over there, those people, sure. they're welcome. You're welcome. Come as you are. But none of us can stay as we are. Because when yeah. you read this, and, and it, I love how he, again, points back to the prophets and to the Old Testament. is because they're not mm-hmm. getting rid of the Old Testament. They're f- God fulfills it and actually upholds much of it. Mm-hmm. And then God, Jesus, takes the standard and raises it to mm-hmm. another level and saying, do what I do, say as I say, follow me, be empowered by my spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when there's this merger of, of people that you couldn't believe would come to Christ, sometimes the gospel can get watered down specifically today mm-hmm. in an attempt to get people to come to church. Sure. Whether it's any kind of immorality with money and greed and idolatry, or it's a sexual confusion or it sure. is you fill in the blank. It's, you know, maybe water down the gospel so we can reach this group of people. That's not what Peter's getting at here. He's saying, yeah, you Gentiles, you are welcome. Um, but you still need to repent and believe in Jesus Christ and understand what he's taught and follow him. Mm-hmm. Do what he did, speak as he spoke, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely not a, a less than or a watering of down of what God's called us to. And he's speaking to that. And so what happens at the end of this chapter, it's verse 44. It says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Mm -hmm. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And so what just happened here was the first church meeting 
that brought mm-hmm. together the Jews and the Gentiles. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and there mm-hmm. were signs, and there was wonders. Now, there are some Christians out there that will say, if you are going to be a fruitful and true and genuine follower of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. you must have a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I would say I don't think that's biblical. I also don't think that's helpful because mm-hmm. a number of people who have been devout followers of Jesus and have had fruitful ministries, you'd go through the church fathers like Luther and Calvin and Augustine and a number of these men. Many of them did not have a specific moment where they felt right. the baptism of the Spirit came upon them and also they could speak in other tongues. Mm-hmm. And maybe some could, but this is not normative. This is also not prescriptive, meaning... Every Christian must do these things. What's happening here is God allowed the Spirit to come on Gentiles so the Jewish people could see, whoa. Right. God is legit, and he has just legitimized the Gentiles. They are part of the church. Mm. And so I want to encourage you as we follow the Lord and as we seek the Spirit's leading, if you're ever discouraged by that teaching, please don't be. Give that back to the Lord. And as I read the Bible, at least, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if it's helpful I'm also not sure if this stands against all the other examples of people repenting, believing, and they're not being a speaking of tongues, which is a real gift and is alive today. And um, this specific example doesn't happen every day when people come to Christ and have fruitful ministries. So Mm -hmm. I'm praying for the Spirit's empowerment. I'm Mm -hmm. praying that He would bring people to Himself that I cannot fathom or even like don't even see happening. You're like, how is this going to happen, Lord? I've been praying for them forever. Their heart is hard. Give it to the Lord. Trust the Holy Spirit will be the one to soften hearts and bring people back to him. Um, because we read it in the scriptures, we've seen it happen other times throughout church history and even in our own lives. And we just trust that God's good. He knows what he's doing. And as you and I continue to pray and speak the name of Jesus, God's going to have his way. Yeah. I like that you said about just this being a credible moment, like for the Jews, because at the end of verse 47, that's what they said. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So it's no different. Like we said, there is no favoritism. Like, because, you know, I grew up in the church and I know Torah and I've heard all these stories and that kind of stuff. It's no different than someone accepting the Lord in their 20s and 30s, someone accepting the Lord as they're in the hospital, maybe going home. Um, His grace is more than enough and it's not different. It's actually um, the perfect amount. And so I just, I don't know, I was encouraged by that. And then at the end, when they say, then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. I just think about that. Again, we talked about kind of the bond that Jesus makes us form. These people are Gentiles. They don't like, you know, the Jews don't like that, whatever, whatever the picture was there. But at the end of it, they come together under the cross, under the name of Jesus Christ, and they don't want to leave each other. And uh, I think that's just another piece of evidence there that those type of relationships are, they're cemented in um, because of, of the truth in Jesus, because of, you know, what they've shared together, what they've gone through together. Um Another thing that's coming to my mind as I'm talking to, like we, so in this chapter, we kind of pointed out how it's like, man, how could that person, or how did God get a hold of their hearts, you know, with that mindset of the Jews and Gentiles? And I'm just kind of wanting to pause and, and just ask forgiveness for a spirit of entitlement here too, and just look a little bit inward here and just thank God for what he's done in my own heart, in my own life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think sometimes the uh, astonishment is a word here, is 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 necessary and we need to look at that and we praise God for that. And at the same time, we, I just turn that inward and I say, man, I, you know, 
come as you are. Bobby, don't stay as you are. You know, Bobby, Bobby, don't stay as you are. My grace is for you too. And so just growing in Christ, even someone who's, you know, grown up in the church, someone who is quote unquote a Jew. And so good chapter, Acts chapter 10 and lots to take away. And if you're listening to this at the day it's released, it's Wednesday and just want to give you a friendly reminder Every Wednesday night, we've got the prayer, healing, and worship service. It's a total come and go as you please from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Live worship. We've got soaking prayer stations, which basically means you can come sit in the section of the sanctuary. And we'll have prayer ministers come and pray for you as long as you sit there. And then over to the fellowship hall, we have praying in color. We have tons of arts and crafts and ways people can mm. make, um, you know, gifts of art in the midst of ministry, in the midst of singing songs, in the midst of prayer. And so it's very family yeah. friendly. Our kids sometimes go and do that as well. And so we would love to have you come check it out. Okay, seven to eight in the sanctuary, and uh, we will see you on. We will talk to you on Friday, as we talk about <laughs> Acts chapter fourteen, Peter's great escape. Is it fourteen? Acts chapter 12, (laughs) Peter's great escape. That's right. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.